Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, everyone. My name is Steve and welcome to this week's Through the Noise podcast. A better week for investors with global equities rising over the past few days, although hopes for the Fed um, pivot have definitely been a bit dashed in recent times with Fed speakers coming out to reiterate that the biggest threat to the success is backing off from fighting inflation too early. To discuss the implications of this week's events and look forward to next week, we're joined by Daniel Lamb, our Head of Equity Strategy in the Standard Chartered CIO office. So Daniel, obviously we have to start there, right? So the the question on everybody's mind is, are we expecting a Fed pivot this time around? Okay, so let's do a brief recap. So if you look at the U.S. 10-year Treasury yield, it fell on rising expectation of the Fed backing off from accelerating or extending its rate hiking cycle. So why has that come about? It's because there has been weak September ISM manufacturing reading and also weaker housing market data. But our view is that the Fed pivot does not look likely yet. So why is that? So first of all, the U.S. job market remains strong, providing grounds for the Fed to stay the course with monetary policy tightening. And also, um, if you look at the Fed president's speech from Atlanta, they reaffirmed that the Fed's commitment is to fight inflation. And lastly, if you look across the globe, although the RBA did surprise with a smaller than expected rate hike, most of the global central banks retained a tightening bias. So with the latest one being the RBN set. So what does that mean for asset classes? So looking at these factors together, um, we continue to see that bond yield risk is skewing to the upside. So we retain our view that the U.S. 10-year Treasury yield could test 4% towards the end of the year. So given the recent softening of bond yields January, we would use the window to reduce our exposure to DM government bonds and look for opportunities to add to DM investment grade corporate bonds or to Asian dollar bonds, which are our preferred areas with bonds. And in terms of equities, we believe that S&P 500 is likely to face resistance at 3,900 and then at 4,100. So investors should consider trimming their equities exposure at such levels and do the following. They can raise their levels in cash or they can rotate into higher dividend equities to increase the overall defensiveness in their portfolio. Okay, um, so besides the potential Fed pivot, uh, I guess the other item that we've been talking about or hearing about is the idiosyncratic risks in the European financial sector. Um, can you please elaborate on that? Yes, uh, the European financial sector, they have been um, experiencing a few, um, uh, I guess, bad news. Okay, so of course, um, you would have heard about the negative headlines surrounding Credit Suisse, which drove poor sentiment for the sector. And at the same time, um, we do see global equities making one year low in September and also FX markets. There has been some volatility, particularly on the um, sterling. So this backdrop and the continued tightening of financial conditions means that equity market volatility is likely to be elevated and especially in those in the financial sector as well. But if you look at the fundamentals, the European banks are better capitalized than in previous cycles. They offer a much stronger stability buffer for the financial system. 
The banking sector withstood the COVID-19 recession and the Ukraine war as well. So we expect the sector to also weather this idiosyncratic risk. So in our view, European financial equities, they remain attractively valued at a time when high interest rates should be a supporting uh, factor for the sector to to re-rate. So expect that to outperform the broader market over 12-month horizon. And we think that the near-term weakness, they offer an opportunity to add exposure for longer-term investors, even if further lows cannot be ruled out in the short term. Now, also to look across from the bondholder perspective, we remain constructive on the European Bank subordinated bonds sub-asset class. So we do see that there is adequate capital levels and expectations that bank would likely first stop equity dividend to reserve capital if required and as experienced in 2020. So we believe that market concerns may be overdone here. Okay, so let's move to FX. So um, you sort of alluded to it earlier that the RBI hike policy rates by less than expected, so only doing 25 basis points in, instead of the consensus 50 basis points. That's obviously been against the recent trend for interest rate expectations to be revised higher. Um, what's your take on this? And are we still constructive on the, the outlook for the Australian dollar against the US dollar? Okay, so right, let's uh, do a brief recap here. Um, so the RBA did signal that it is still likely to continue hiking rates. Um, it could be at a slower pace than before, but it is still likely to continue doing that. And it would have the opportunity to assess the impact of the rate hike so far, uh, given that typically the impact gets reflected on the economy with a lag. So the key factor to watch out for is the real estate market, uh, given the majority of the loans in Australia have variable rates. Now, Let's look at how this um, uh, 25 bips rate hike instead of 50 bips would impact um, Australian dollar here. So a less hawkish RBA is likely to pose headwind for the Australian dollar in the near term. Um, because if you look at the two-year relative real use, they're likely to turn less supportive than before. Uh, we do see strong technical support in the 0.633 to 0.636 region. but on a 12-month horizon, we continue to see the currency pairs um, diverging versus term of trades, relatively strong expected Australian growth and the Australian dollar undervaluation. They are all supportive drivers, which should push the Australian dollar towards the 0.67 to 0.68 region. Okay, finally, let's look at uh, commodity markets and oil. Um, so obviously, we saw um, OPEC plus uh, cutting production this week. So um, I think that took markets a little bit by the surprise. So w- what's the outlook for oil prices now? Okay, so the OPEC plus, they surprised market with a relatively large output cut of uh, 2 million uh, barrels per day starting in November. And the producers arguing that the move was necessary to protect the industry and their own economies from slowing global growth. So this was the largest output cut since the pandemic in 2020. The actual cut to output is likely to be smaller than this, given the producers were struggling to meet prior output targets. But nonetheless, the size is significant. So our take on this is that the action is consistent with our expectation that oil prices remain well-supported over the next one to three months, despite for the longer term, there's risk to the downside. So this OPEC cut 
Uh, OPEC Plus cut together with the upcoming imposition of sanctions and price cap on Russian oil export means that the focus is likely to remain on supply risk over the next few months. Um, Though, of course, uh, the U.S. decision to signal another strategic petroleum reserve release, they could add some additional price volatility around this. So our take on this from a technical perspective is that a WTI oil price break above the 50-day moving average, which is just above $88 currently, would make a move towards $90, and then the 200-day moving average at $97 uh, in the short term. Okay, um, well, thanks uh, very much, Daniel, for talking to us today. Uh, Clearly, the picture is highly uncertain, especially in the short term. Uh, we do, obviously, you know, from a long-term perspective, I guess, from a CIO office perspective, we believe that uh, the weakness we're seeing at the moment is creating significant opportunities for long-term investors across the major asset classes. Uh, in the short term, of course, we do have that preference for investment-grade corporate bonds in the developed uh, world and in Asia. Uh, I guess think key, key things to watch out for next week, obviously, we've got US inflation. Um, so that's going to be really important. Core inflation is expected to tick higher, headline lower. Um, and then we've got some key uh, policy statements coming out from European Central Bank policymakers as well. So that sort of fits into things to watch out for uh, about what we've discussed today. Um, thank you, listeners, for listening in. Um, and remember that if you'd like more details on our views, please do stop by our LinkedIn page for a regular schedule of insights from the CI office uh, or ask your relationship uh, manager for more a more detailed set of reports. Uh, in the meantime, we'll end there and wish you a successful week ahead. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.